we got the alternative energy right. for the nuclear free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show. Across the last few weeks, we've been hearing about some of the impacts of BHP's mining operations on First Nations people around the world, with a focus on Olympic Dam, the world's largest uranium mine, located at Roxby Downs in South Australia. BHP is licensed by the South Australian government to extract up to 42 million litres of water per day from the Great Artesian Basin to operate the massive copper, gold and uranium mine. This is having a drastic impact on the Mound Springs, an essential water source for the unique life in this arid lands and sacred to the Arabana people. As Arabana elder Kevin Buzzacott said in his statement to the BHP annual general meeting, the old Finnish springs and surrounding areas are too valuable, too precious to be destroyed for mining. If necessary, we will call a full meeting with all people from all walks of life who care about the land. I have seen and witnessed my old people go to their graves worried and stressed about their old country. I have seen the damage to the mound spring since mining began, the trees that have died. We can see the changes, the effects of mining on our sacred lands. It is still happening now and it has to stop. Today, we'll hear from Donna Abdullah, who attended the annual general meeting at the Adelaide Convention Centre on Wednesday, 1st of November, to present the statement from Uncle Kevin. The wide-ranging conversation shows the many intersecting issues at play where these extractive industries operate and situates them in the ongoing project of colonisation. My name is Donna Abdullah. I'm a Apical ancestor from South Australia, Ghana land and Nutanjuri. And I also have Afghan in my background. So um, very powerful blood. And um, yeah, sort of finding where I need to be in this process of politics and sort of how it affects our mob. So I'm sort of just finding my, finding my feet. But in a way, I've sort of, you know, this is the sort of stuff that I've been put here to do. Also like old Uncle Kevin who, you know, gave me the honour of reading a statement for him at the BHP AGM this year. So um, nothing I have actually done before. Yeah, tell us about that experience. Well, it's quite daunting, but, um, you know, to go in there with this room full of people that are sort of pro-mining, I guess, because that's their business. A lot of them, the shareholders as well, you know, they want to make money and, um you know, we need to make sure that our voices are heard. And going in there was sort of looking into the um, Indigenous policy they have for Indigenous people across the world. And, you know, one of their things is to listen to our people, the advice, and to use that in the future in their um, workings with our people and dealings. Yeah, so it was quite daunting. Um, you know, it was police and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But um, I didn't feel as nervous as I thought. I kind of felt I was meant to be there. And I think my own background, because I did study law and journalism and worked for the Attorney General's Department in New South Wales. Um, and also, you know, I used to have a district court judge who was my mentor who I used to watch. For me, going into these um, these places, it doesn't really intimidate me, um, which was good, but it, it was still nervous. I think the nerve was more for the, uh, you know, it was for what I was reading for Uncle Kev. And... 
you know, his fight and what he's done for our people. And that sort of, I think, made the nerves, you know, surpass. It's sort of, yeah, it was, you know, we need to listen to these old people that we have. And, um, you know, unfortunately I lost my dad and, you know, he was one of 12 and, you know, probably got two people left in our, you know, in there and, you know, we aren't able to listen to them now. So, you know, while we still have them, you know, our elders are more precious than, you know, diamonds, any kind of precious gem or, you know, they are, they're our libraries and what they've fought for is what we need. And I think we need to listen to their voice to show what to fight for because I sort of mentioned this yesterday to someone that I think, you know, they've always known what we've needed um, and that's what they've fought for. And we need to really listen and take up this plight because it's not just, you know, for their dreaming story. It's not just for their land. It's our land, you know, especially with radioactive stuff with uranium that they're mining there and some of the facts they could do it for 100 years and still not use all of the uranium that's there. And that in itself is so scary to me. Um, I have young children, you know, that are going to grow up with this around. And it's not like, um, you know, in other countries would also listen to Brazil, it was water, they had a dam break. Not anything is, not saying anything is not as important as each other, but for a disaster to happen at somewhere like Olympic Dam, that would actually ruin the land. It would be catastrophic. And especially for the local people and their stories, what they're digging up, we've always known it's there. The stories that we have of our creation show us where everything is but we also know where we're supposed to keep it in the ground and what we're not supposed to. And Uncle Kevin, you know, he was born to look after Lake Hare. And, you know, it's not what they call it. They have their own name and also the artesian waters that they used to treat the uranium at Roxby. You know, uranium is on the brother-sister country to Kevin. Kevin has seen the springs and he swam in them as a kid. You know, he was born on that, on that creek bed with the old people and it's been his job to look after it. And I think we all need to take up this fight like not just Aboriginal people everyone this is our land and you know we don't have anywhere to go after I think you know this is happening everywhere and um, if we don't get people to open their eyes then you know we may not have this beautiful land country that we have to call home Um, I don't know I hope that makes sense but um, you know we don't want to be lost people of the land you know wandering to other countries when we have this connection but they're mining these things, mining these places, it, it, help, it disconnects us and it takes away those important places of our stories. Um, and it's hard. That's what I think we need to really, you know, get to, yeah, I think the wider Australia, you know, need to really join our mob in how, you know, about what we're fighting for because, you love this land as much as we do, you know, we don't want anyone to have to go anywhere else. But if it continues the way it is, you know, we won't have a, you know, like I said, it takes one catastrophic, you know, accident. And, you know, how long till those people are allowed to go back to that land and visit their special places and, you know, do their ceremonies and make sure that they're following their own cultural protocol. You know, I just, it's hard to explain in some ways, you know, um, but 
I also have the statement that I read for Uncle Kev. Um, here I can read some of it because, yeah, they actually haven't put the question and answer, I think, from Mia, from the other Brazilian people that were there, from their country, from the, the dam that was busted over there, and I think it was like 15 years ago. Um, and, you know, them places it was water, there's pollution, and they're still not cleaned. And, you know, and also I have friends in Canada, like Kanahas Manu, who are fighting the pipelines over there with the oil because they've also had catastrophic accidents with the oil. And I can't imagine the catastrophe. It's so different for what would happen if there was an accident like that on these countries. I was just researching the other day about there was sort of like 2010, there was a whistleblower report written by one of the politicians here in the Greens that actually showed how radioactive it is around there. And it's actually like crazy levels. And I think, you know, these are the things that we need to really look into to shut them down. For me, I kind of want to find, you know, the law behind that we can do it. We've got the cultural backing. We know that it's wrong. Now we've got to find in sort of their law how we can make them listen and make them stop. Because they just seem to make us run in circles. And that's how I sort of felt. At the AGM, it was so powerful what Uncle Kebby wrote. And I do feel that there's a shift. And this is, you know, we have this amazing power of suggestion now, people from, you know, it's a gift that we have from the dawn of time, you know, that we're amazing at this. And, but to me, in some ways, they're a bit dismissive, not only of us, of the Brazilian people that were there fighting for their land, um, you know, and the cleanups. And uh, that sort of really hurt me. So it's made me really want to make them listen <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to yeah. find a way to, you know, open their eyes and, you know, listen with your heart. You know, it's not about money. Like, you know, you can have all the money in the world, but what if you have nowhere to live or nowhere to cherish? Like, you know, these sites, their land with, you know, these precious gems or whatever under there to non-Aboriginal people, but to us, this is like our creation. It's like, you know, that's in the belly of a story of, you know, the, the local you know, story without saying too much, you know, but if that is taken, you, it, how does it affect the generations in the future? We don't know. All I know is one amazing Afghan man told me once, you know, when you walk out this building, you are very lucky and you'll see how lucky you are to be on the land of your own people. And when I sort of walked out, I sort of saw these different nationalities and, you know, it's scary. I don't want my people to be lost, people of this land, this world. These places create that connection, you know, and I believe so much that what Uncle Chevy's doing and what he's fighting for is we all need to fight for this. You know, young and old, black and white, yellow, it doesn't matter. You know, where else can we go? Antarctica, I think, is the next frontier. There's nowhere else to go in this globe. So we really need to look how we can stop and, you know, keep our land the way it is. Uncle Kev has even noticed that, you know, where he is, like there's friends monitoring in the sort of the springs where he was born and where he's lived. And, you know, since 2012, it's dropped a metre, you know, and that's, you know, the water is life. If What if we don't have water like that artesian base? 
you're tuned to the Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation and broadcast across the continent thanks to the Community Radio Network. Today we're hearing from Donna Abdallah, who presented a statement by Arabana Elder Uncle Kevin Buzzacott at the BHP Annual General Meeting on Wednesday 1st of November at the Adelaide Convention Centre. We're going to go to a song now by Monkey Mark. It's Rock Hop featuring Buzz Wapper. Hello. 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 Hey, I'm up. I'll keep my name. Closing down your really mind to make your peace in the game. And I know you're all, all thinking the same. Close it down so there's no more pain. The old frog and lizard may really know that the mining company's gotta go. But the mining giants are a bunch of clowns. Cover packing the bag. Help me, let's bring along. Let's bring along. Yeah, help me, let's bring along. Help me bring along. Yeah. We just heard Rock Hop by Monkey Mark featuring MC Buzz Wapper and all proceeds of the sale of that song go to Uncle Kevin Buzzacott to help him fight the BHP uranium mine at Roxby Downs and you can purchase a copy at Monkey Mark Hip Hop on Bandcamp. We'll return now to hear more from Donna Abdullah about her experience attending the BHP annual general meeting on the 1st of November in Adelaide and thinking through some ideas of the issues to be tackled and some of the next steps. And I know how Uncle Kevin feels. You just got to fight. You know, you have to fight. You kind of don't even know where it comes from. You just have to. Even me, I'm sort of finding myself, I've got to ring this politician, follow this up now about this, you know, whistleblower and what's happened since then. Those people are there for us as well. You know, a lot of this information, I sort of just research myself. It's my fun to look up all these old articles and see what they've said. And, you know, it gets scarier and scarier when you read it. But also it's sort of like David Unipin, you know, he's one of my elders and, you know, I've sort of really read into what he's been doing and what his sort of words were. And, um, you know, it just sort of redefines even more how much we need to listen to these old fellas. And even people that aren't here, we need to go back and read what they've left for us and the words um, because they always knew what to fight for and what was important and how we stay strong and stand strong on country. And it was just the land, you know, they just fought for that land. You know, they didn't want anything else. They didn't want handouts. They, didn't, they wanted land, you know, and they, they do this. So they kind of, you know, at the age of that sort of blew me away. They're like, oh, we're giving $2 million for this, $2 million for this. How many people, like I think in that DeMarco, they're like, oh, well, we've built 90 homes and we've got to do a 40 more for 700,000 people. Like you're changing their whole structure of society for 150 houses just so you can, you know, it's, yeah. it's not going to be sufficient. You know, you're creating things to fail. And for me, it's really fired me up to find more evidence and more documentation and go back in there next year and fight, you know. Um, 
think I've really found my niche. <laughs> and, um, you know, but it's like, and I think it's even, you know, their dismissiveness and, you know, it all just kind of went, no, you got to listen. How do we make them listen? Because, you know, that's what our old people knew. We had the power. It was us. Yeah. It wasn't them, you know. But, you know, like Uncle Kev, they exhausted themselves fighting for this, you know, where everybody should be doing it. And, you know, I was sort of talking to Margaret Gilchrist, who's one of his best mates, you know, and, you know, there are people that go, yeah, we want this mine. There are people, you know, and there's ones against it. But, you know, due to the stolen generations and the colonisation, everyone, we're all at different levels. So it's it's very scary how they use us against each other based on that, you know, like their own you know, your own mob. And it's like um, it's a very hard fight. Yes, those divide and rule tactics is something that, that they've always used and it's so successful. And it's yeah. so hard because we all want opportunities for our children. We all mm. want to create jobs and stuff like that, but we can't do it at the detriment to the land not just to our stories and our culture. You know, our our culture wasn't just like, you know, wishy-washy. It was like stronger than any religion, like Taplin down in Nuttingbury land. He said, I've never met a people that have been so strong in their mind, you know, um, for their religion. Like, you know, it's a religion. There's nothing less. And maybe until we're recognised as that, that, you know, we don't have as much fight, um, power behind our fight. But, you know, these are the things that we really do need to look into because it wasn't some, I'm not saying spirituality is wishy-washy, but it's the same as, um, you know, sort of Indians with, the, you know, their sort of stuff. Like it's become, you know, and I've, I don't know if it's bad or, you know, for me to say, but it's like don't let our culture become, you know, the white man's yoga. You know, they basically turn their complex, amazing culture into this is all we know about it. And, you know, scarily, I think, you know, it can happen to all of us. If we let it. Yeah, you know? that's it. But yeah, that's the way I sort of, mm. you know, see and feel things. And, um, you know, these were so important. There's the connection, the stories behind it. You know, it's from the dawn of time they've had creation, this, these stories. You know, it's so important. I've read ethnology reports from, you know, the 1800s where they've gone and, you know, listened to our songs and singing and they've, you know, found musical notes that they've never heard before. Like our people are amazing and ingenious and we're geniuses. Look at, you know, David Yanaipan, he sort of wrote that old Papa Yanaipan, he said that, you know, Yamapodi, I would say, that, you know, he's no different to any of us, any others, you know. And Uncle Kerry was brought up with that, you know, in that law where, you know, by the time you're 13, you knew everything about your land. You knew why this bird went to that plant. But they also had like poetic stories to it. So, you know, it's kind of like ring a ring a rosy, pocket full of posy. That was, you know, for to fight plagues. They, they put that in their pocket and did the dance. And that's how, you know, all fall down was because people dying, kids were dying. You know, and that's the same thing how our people, you know, put the stories to the kids or, you know, the generations. It was all part of that, you know. And um, like Uncle Kevin said in his statement, it's killing our land it's, and that entail kills us. And if anybody knows, colonisation is to get rid of everything that was there before. You know, and that's scary because, you know, they've got 100 years that they could and it still wouldn't get rid you know, take out what's there. You know, and as I said, like, then you come to these disasters that they have had, they don't clean up, they don't fix it. So how long would it be till we'll be able to look after our land? We kind of, I suppose, need to really join those fights like people did back in the 80s with other countries, you know, because theirs isn't 
you know, it's, it, it, it's killing their land and that's their stories. It's the same thing. We all have these stories of our land, you know, um, and it's the same as them. You know, you have people there fighting the same way and that we know that this will entail, take the soul of our people. And, you know, I was going to say, there's nothing bad against some of the, you know, our people that want to do this and do that. Sadly, greed can get us all. And like I said, we all want to provide opportunities to our kids and they're like, oh, this is the way you've got to do it. Well, why can't it be true? Why can't you show the amazingness of our people rather than digging this stuff out of the land? It's all about perspective. And, yeah, and that's what I sort of felt, sorry, like to just keep jumping, but that's one of the things I felt really disrespectful about was that where they were a bit dismissive of that. And that's fine. You want people that want the mind, but you've got to listen to everybody. You know, my dad took some pubs to court, like equal opportunities. And I remember it was how you treat each individual person. It wasn't that if you treated all Aboriginal, you know, if they treated all Aboriginals this way or just one. And, you know, Uncle Kirby's voice is just as important as the people that are for it. But, you know, obviously, because he's not saying what they want, you know, they've got to shut it down. I was even reading that they kind of, when he took him to court, they kind of try to break him and make him pay for all the court costs because they won. It's savage how they do try and um, break our people down that are fighting for this stuff that's so important. I know that I will always be taken care of, and I think Uncle Kevin knows, so you just fight. And I can understand now a lot of these old people because I have children and what's going to be in this world, we need to teach them this. We need They need to know. We can't just let them continue. But yeah, I've got a big belief too is, you know, my background and what I work is, you know, um, we need to fight their way mm-hmm. with our heart. Yeah, I was just thinking with that about the importance of connecting up with other people directly impacted by BHP's mining projects mm. across the world because it is a multinational mining company and then yeah. making that solidarity multinational as well mm. is so vital. And and particularly, I think, what happened at San Marco with the disaster there, so catastrophic and after that, BHP did that study and it showed that several of the Olympic Dam tailing waste facilities were at high risk of having a similar disaster and that that get, we're at extreme yeah, risk. Yeah. 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 And I think we do, like, um, you know, I think, you know, the 80s, 90s, we kind of more joined together with people from overseas, like our people with American Indians and understanding and I think we really need to because what I did find interesting was that there was a disconnect between us you know back in the day it was like you're mine we're yours you know we're all one people um and that's what I think we need to because I think that if we all did come together globally the indigenous people to show that they're not listening to the policy you know and get to the heart of those shareholders because you know they don't just want money don't you want to live to spend your money or you know, or do it in more healthier ways or to make sure that, you know, the land is like looked after or protected. I mean, I don't think there's any reason why we need it out of the land, you know. Um, so, and I do remember that story that it's like the belly of a go out, you know, it's our stories. And um, yeah, I just, yeah, throughout my life, I've sort of learned more and more sort of knowledge of, you know, our people and the land. And I know that other people's stories of creation, it's, it's similar. It's, you know, they all have these stories that connect them. 
And um, we need to, you know, maybe there needs to be an anti-mining, like, you know, conference AGM that we need to start up. So we, you know, because you always have a better fight because it's like they go, oh, we did this here, we did that there. If we go, no, we've talked to them. No, this here. Like I was sort of bright-eyed, bush-tailed, first time coming in. I won't be as nice next time. And I want to be there next time. I want them to listen to our people. You know, it's like I said, it's not just important for us. Our livelihood, our, you know, like I said, this is, it's like our churches that they're ripping apart. These are our cathedrals and, um, you know, that's kind of ripping us apart from the inside, you know. Um, they kind of know what they're doing, you know, and they've got a lease, I think I'm going to be saying, like from 1985, like a lot has changed since then. It's 48 years. You know, why isn't that reviewed by the government? And, you know, and sadly it's because they're all making money. Like when I looked into it, all these shareholders, they've got the Commonwealth banks, like all these, and also all of our superannuation, it's like 15% is put into BHP. So there's so many stakeholders that like want this money and they need it. But, you know, that's fine. Just do it in a healthy, proper way for our country, you know, because unlike the other disasters that we've spoke of, none of them have concerned uranium. Now that's something we don't know. Yeah. You know, how long is a fallout? You know, I've lived from Maralinga, there's a fallout of certain, you know, kilometres, how long it took to clean up that land. It will never be the same for those people, you know, and that's their traditional lands that they did this on. I don't know if you ever know, but in the 50s, 60s, they dropped a nuclear bomb up in Maralinga here in South, in South Australia, um, you know, to test the radioactive or, you know, whatever, the bombs. And, um, you know, people were there they've had cancers and all this stuff so it'll be very interesting to start looking into these places and looking at the health concerns that people have had from there because I don't know if I'm letting it out but I think we need to find this stuff and carry on those kind of fights because yeah I just don't like that dismissiveness and if we can go in there with more power and more fight and which I think like you said we need to come together globally you know maybe this is something that he you know the tide turning and he can feel it and maybe it's that we need to create these like spaces where we can all come together speak on it together we're going to find ways to get all of our mob together all over the globe that brings us to the end of today's radioactive show thanks so much to dana abdullah for joining us on the program and we'll be sharing the full statement from uncle kevin buzzacott in the show notes and you can find those at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. There's so much work to be done and really this requires all people coming together. There is a gathering organized by the Latin American Solidarity Network coming up in December, Latin America, Australia and Asia Pacific Solidarity Gathering, Multinationals Out. The idea of the conference is to build new global models of solidarity to face the global corporate tyranny. And you can find out more by looking for LASNET Solidarity on Facebook or go to their website, latinamericansolidaritynetwork.org. To stay connected with all these activities, you can sign up for the Friends of the Earth Melbourne Nuclear Free Collective newsletter. Go to melbournefoe.org.au forward slash nuclear. Thanks so much for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. The mining giants are a bunch of clowns.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.